1: Foss Corporation, LLC.
0: The hotel is called the, the Fairmont Algonquin. It was built in the latter part of the 1880s. It's, it's got to be hundreds of thousands of square feet. Just an absolutely magnificent structure, this piece is. I was there one night and I was rehearsing and then I was watching some television. You know, you get lonely up there, you're all by yourself in this big old place in the dead of winter. And uh, all of a sudden there's a jiggling at my doorknob. It was like a, a, a rattling back and forth. You know, like, like somebody jiggling, somebody jiggling the doorknob. And then I walked up to the door, and I looked through the people, and I opened the door, and there was, there was uh, nobody there. I mean, from the time I saw the doorknob turn and looked through the people to opening the door and going out, it it couldn't have been more than, you know, I don't know, three, four, five, six seconds. And that, you know, got my heart racing. I didn't know what to think. That's when it sort of all began. Another time, my wife came to visit me. She came in for like a week at one point. We were dead asleep, and it's uh, three o'clock in the morning. And I hear this noise. I can't quite make what the noise is. It's a noise that sounds familiar, but not right. I realize it sounds like running water, and I hear it coming from the bathroom. And I go over to the bathroom. And the faucet on the bathtub is like not running, it's like gushing, like coming out. I'm not sure what's going on, you know, I'm somewhat unnerved. But I turned off the water and I immediately came back and my wife is sound asleep. My wife's a practical joker and she's a good actor so she could be, this could be a practical joke and she could be sleeping through this. She was not. This happened in the dead of night when you're in total, like, REM, you know, you're gone. Of course, my mind was trying to come up with some sort of logical reason, like the water faucet was left open and the water had been, the water main had been shut down and they were doing repairs and they just turned it back on and now the water was rushing. Then why would they do that at three o'clock in the morning? You know, no, no. There was another time, it was fairly quickly after I could hear this woman crying at nighttime. I believe it was on the fourth floor somewhere. <laughs> couldn't sort of figure out, I couldn't identify where that noise was. <laughs> but sobbing, crying, sobbing, crying, that was more freaky than some of the stuff that I had already encountered. I had no idea what I was about to experience. Um, One day I had a day off going into a weekend, so I flew home to see my kids. And I came back and I got off the floor, and there was a gentleman there wearing Bellman's clothing. It was this like slate, sort of grayish blue with like a red um, collar. He was seemed like a sweet old man. I opened my room door, said thank you very much, grabbed the handle of the bag, rolled it in, dropped my briefcase, said, hold on a second, and I snapped off a twenty and went to hand it to him, and he was gone. This is Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter.
1: Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, July 4th, 2022, episode 274. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, first of all, I'd like to wish everyone here in the States and those traveling abroad, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. Yeah, a lot of stuff was going on. Other than that, everything's PG. Yeah. And of course, last Friday, I released two new entertaining short films. You know, check those out. And if you're new, every Friday, I'll be releasing two new short films and tomorrow Tuesday a new episode of Aaron's Horror Show will be out and Wednesday a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas and of course Friday two films alright yeah let's get the show on the road we're gonna do uh, listener stories we got a big backlog and uh, we've been putting a pretty good dent in it lately so let's continue the trend and you know what that means oh yeah man come on say it with me Say it with me. That's alright. Two. the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fans are on nice and cool. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And don't forget to grab a Popsicle out of the freezer. i get behind my desk here. Get comfy. And i print off Bert's packet. Let's see what Britt chose for us today. Yeah. Okay. Looks like we got a short one, and we got two long ones. All right. Can we take a sip of my green tea real quick? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, so good when it hits the lips. All right, the first one. This one was by Kenny, and it's titled Figure. OK, Kenny, let's see what you got, man. I've been staying at my cousin's house for a couple of weeks now, and up until now, everything has been normal. The room I am sleeping in is diagonally across from a stairway leading downstairs. I'm a very light sleeper and often get up to get a glass of water. I was going downstairs to get a drink and I thought I saw a dark figure next to the banister. I ignored it, went downstairs. As I got back to my room, I turned to shut the door and saw the shadowy figure again. It stood around 5758. a bit taller than me. I thought it might be a family member, so I walked closer, but it just vanished back into the shadows. I couldn't find anything that would be making that kind of shadow, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't a trick of light. I stayed up the next night to try and see it again, but it wasn't there. Two days later, I saw it again. It was just standing, leaning against the staircase. I got scared, so I shut my bedroom door and went to bed. It doesn't seem to appear at a certain time, as each time I get up, it's always a different time yet it's still there. I asked everyone else if they had seen anything, but they hadn't. It didn't seem to be threatening, but it still really spooked me. I have not experienced this before and would like to understand what this figure is and if it is possibly harmful. I also would like to help understand why only I can see it. My sister and cousins occasionally get up during the night. All bedrooms are on the top floor. And they have never seen it. Love the podcast. And that's from Kenny. Kenny, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Um, yeah, that is unusual. Um, we get this all the time. You know, some people can see things. And Other people that are living in the same space. They they don't see anything, you know Apparitions or in this case uh, a shadowy figure so you're not alone uh, we had a, a Doctor come on that I interviewed dr. Scott Cabalba And you know, he he wrote a book with all these paranormal type stories that his surgeon friends uh, Experienced like someone died on the operating table and they bring them back to life, and then, you know, the patient tells them how they were floating around and in great detail what everyone's doing. And other patients die and they bring them back, but they're fine. They don't tell a story. So, yeah, uh, I asked him, you know, why is that? What do you think that is? And he says, well, with some of these patients that died and came back, and you know, they you know they give detail about what everyone's doing as they're trying to bring them back uh usually in their history they usually had some sort of trauma in the past you know like a bad car wreck or something and uh you know the other patients uh normally they didn't have anything traumatic happen in in the past so you know that's his theory and you know i really don't know but all i know is other people are like you you know some people can see these things and some people don't All right, thank you again. Yeah, I love stories like that. All right, what do we got next? What do we got? This one is by Kitty, and it's titled Sandstone Slab. Okay, Kitty, let's see what you got, man. This isn't my story, but one my mother has brought up now and then. An experience of her own. I'm very interested in all things paranormal and supernatural and interests I share with my mother, but we are both skeptics. My mother more than me, definitely, and this story had come up from time to time, but she had never gone into full detail. It actually only came up again a week or so ago when a good friend of my mother was visiting our house. I don't remember how, but we got talking about ghosts. I suddenly remembered the story about the body under the sandstone slab, and asked my mother about it again. My mother's friend got excited and said something about how her jewelry always went missing. I didn't realize it until then that she had been my mother's flatmate at that time. During the early '80s, my mother and her friend had been living in a terrace house near Sydney, which appeared on street directories in 1860, but I could have been there even earlier. It hadn't been done up and made fully modern, and that's probably why my mother was so interested in it. The house we live in now was built in 1902, and the house her friend lives in was built even earlier. She told me that the house didn't so much have a scary, unwelcoming feel, but that it just felt like psychic things were happening in there. It apparently felt like there were other people there sometimes. Maybe only one person or maybe a group, but you were never alone. Now, it was only my mother and her friend in the house. Each of them had their own bathroom, and my mother's friend had a dish in her bathroom which she kept her rings and earrings in. Every night before she went to bed, she would take off all her jewelry she was wearing and put it in the dish. It was an ingrained habit. She never put her jewelry anywhere else no matter how tired or drunk she was. After they had been living there for a while, things started to go missing from the dish. At first, it was just chalked up to her being forgetful or distracted and placing the rings on the table in her room or somewhere else like that, but claimed that they would turn the house upside down looking for them and never find what they had been looking for. And then the next day or the next week, or the next month, the missing items, or item, would appear back in the dish, exactly where they were supposed to be. This never stopped happening, but gradually both my mother and her friend got used to it and came to accept it, despite how annoying it could be. Now, for the part of the story I was familiar with, in the living room area, there was a fireplace, and in front of the fireplace was a heavy sandstone slab, about a foot wide and deep enough that the floorboards had been built around it. For months, it seemed ordinary, just another part of the house. But then my mother, a strong skeptic, had started having feelings around that area. She was struggling to find a way to describe it. But when I said, just a weird feeling, she agreed and continued with the story. She said she started to have dreams about the slab. She said she was convinced that there was something wrong with it, but she wasn't sure what. And then one day she had a dream that there was a body buried under it. I asked her if it felt factual or if she got any feelings from the dream or any hints that the person had been murdered or anything like that. But she just shrugged and said it was just there, just fact that she just knew there was a human body underneath the sandstone slab in front of the fireplace, and that was that. Of course, they also heard footsteps, voices, and sounds that could not be explained. The feelings of another presence never went away, but they got on with their lives and if anything more happened, I don't know about it. They never investigate at all, not the slab, nor the house's history. I wish they had because I'm very interested in it myself. But I guess this is all I will know about the house with the body under the sandstone slab. Keep up the good work, and that's from Kitty. Kitty, oh man, great story, love it, and thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, dreams. Um, again, it's not unusual that you know, like a, a past loved one may you know years by go by and all of a sudden you have this dream it's a pleasant dream and your loved one appears in your dream and they start talking to you and sometimes they give you if you're having a hard time or if you're trying to find something uh we had stories where you know old grandma appears in a dream and tells a person exactly where the item's at and sure enough it's there so it's not that off um yeah it's kind of spooky Getting a dream that there's a body buried underneath that slab. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, they're feeling presences all over the place and sometimes a single, sometimes a group. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, thank you for the story. All right. Yeah. Kind of spooky. All right. What's next? What have we got? This one is by Angel and it's titled Voodoo Doll. Okay, Angel. Let's see what you got, man. I cared for a lady who, as her health declined, was moved to various rooms in the home to suit her particular needs at the time. But the thing myself and my colleagues knows was the atmosphere or feel of every room she occupied just felt off. No cold spots or anything we could put our finger on, but just a general feeling of something not quite right. And no matter which part of the building or which room she was in, the feeling was always there. One evening, we had to move her furniture to what was her final room in the house. She had a very large, heavy mahogany chest where a lot of her clothes were kept. And we had to empty this and her wardrobe before moving them. So after dinner, myself and my colleague began removing all the items from the chest and wardrobe and taking them to the new room. We moved the bed, chest, wardrobe, etc., and set up the room and began replacing all the personal items, and clothing, and things like that, back into them. My colleague picked up a stack of shirts to replace in the drawer of the chest, and as she bent to place them inside, they toppled and fell out of her hands onto the floor. As she picked them up, she suddenly stopped, turned to me, and asked what the hell is that have you seen this before i turned to see her holding a piece of pink gauzy material in one hand and a small doll in the other she held the doll out towards me and said this was wrapped in the material what is it i stepped forward to look the only thing i can describe it as is a voodoo doll it had a pale colored material body trousers a jacket open in the front, a long lock of hair hanging from its head, and a strange symbol that looked kind of like a child's drawing of a boat on its chest. It also had a drawn on face with small beads for eyes. It was small, an inch and a half in length, but very detailed. Looking at it gave me the creeps to be honest, but I tried to laugh about it and said, Never seen that before. Don't don't want to see it again. Wrap it back up and put it back and say sorry for dropping it on its head. My colleague laughed and said, You're right. Then to the doll, I apologize for dropping you. Wrapped it up and replaced it where she thought it had fallen from. We both felt a bit nervous so finished up and left the room. We spoke to our team leader about it as neither of us had seen it before and all personal items are documented when brought in. She could find no mention of the little doll in any of the resident's paperwork, but, but added it as a footnote to the existing list. I often wonder, was it a voodoo doll? I've never seen anything like it before. The detail was very intricate from the face to the jacket on the clothing. The detail was very intricate from the face to the embroidery on the clothing and the symbol on the chest was very weird was this why there was always a strange atmosphere in her rooms love the network and that's from angel angel thank you very much for sharing great story yeah you know that doll sounds kind of creepy it's only an inch and a half tall yeah and you're saying it's very detailed yeah, the beads for eyes thing, that would creep me up. You know, obviously it's handmade, I think. It sounds like it was. But uh who knows? You know? Every you know, so I, I'm taking it that you know, the other rooms where the patient isn't in, they felt fine. But whenever you move the patient to these other rooms, all of a sudden, you know, that that feeling kind of follows her, right? That's what I'm assuming is going on. Yeah, there's something up. There's something going on. I don't know. All right. Thank you very much for sharing. Great story. And that is it. That's all that Britt sent me. And as always, we're flattered that you come to the network and hopefully find something that you like. And remember, get the free RPA app. Just open your app store. Do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and our iconic aqua blue eye will come up. Or go to realparanormalactivity.com or... We're on 30 different platforms now, such as iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, etc., etc., so if you're at work or if you're on one of those platforms and you get bored with your music and you want to get your spook on, just do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast slash network in the search area, and we'll come up. And also, just a friendly reminder, if you want to support the network and help us pay our bills, if you go to the website, realparanormalactivity.com, you'll see a big button there that says Get Premium Access." and it's three dollars and 99 cents a month you can cancel anytime and what you get is all the archived rpa shows uh, you know listener stories interviews bonus episodes and also a little bit over 33 audiobooks of folklore from cultures around the world and with that i am calling it the show's been produced by myself and britain also made possible by LaFosse corporation and man we love you oh yeah we do As always, thank you and...